This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. Happy Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. Halloween was always my favorite holiday since I was a little kid. Not sure why, folks, but I was very creative. I got that, obviously, from my mother's side. I mentioned that on the show. My great-grandmother... I'm sorry, my grandmother, my mom's mother, Kazuko Uchida. Kazuko Pettigrew was her married name. She was an artist. She was a costume maker. Fantastically creative person. And so she passed some of that on to my mom, and that's where I got it from, folks. And since I was a little kid, I loved to make costumes. I made puppets, everything from Muppet-like puppets to the more goblin-type puppets, and wanted to be in makeup effects, special makeup effects. And so I went to college at the Art Institute of Philadelphia for Industrial Design because they had a makeup effects department. And during college, I went out to Los Angeles with a friend of mine who had relatives that lived in that area. And I just hated Los Angeles and decided that is not where I am going to live. (laughs) And throughout my career, I actually had to bounce back and forth to Los Angeles many times. So Halloween was always my favorite holiday. Uh, I thought maybe I was going to end up with a Halloween baby, but that does not look like it is going to happen. It's crazy because my wife and I are both very punctual. We're the type of people who show up to a meeting 15 minutes early. Many of our friends operate uh, on a different time schedule. They show up days late. But so we figured this kid was going to come early. So we got past that premature stage. We got past the due date. And we're obviously not going to have a Halloween baby. So let's see what happens over the coming days. But anyway, I hope you have a good time on Halloween. I don't know if you're going to a party, if you're taking your kids out trick-or-treating, whatever that may be. I hope you have a fantastic time. Unfortunately, I didn't really plan anything for Halloween. I don't even have a costume because I thought either one, we would be in recovery mode and spending the last couple of days with our child, or we'd have our child popping out today. And as you know, we were doing the home birth, so I was thinking there would be kids knocking on the front door and hearing these moans and screams in the background, thinking that maybe we were running some sort of a haunted house, but it would actually be my wife in labor. But that is not happening. So, folks, what I did uh, for today's show, believe it or not, I just had a guest on, old friend of mine, Chrissy Piccolo, 
who is working on a book. And so I was going to try to get a couple different friends on for a Halloween special, and not everyone was available. So I said to Chrissy, actually, I was about to record uh, an additional episode trying to wrap up on Peter Thiel and Curtis Yarvin and this whole concept of the techno-fascist king that they're promoting, of which I'm going to record next. I'm probably just going to do that today and get it out of the way. It is fascinating, folks. I'm continuing to read some additional articles, and it is some pretty scary stuff, definitely Halloween material. So anyway, Chrissy gets in touch with me about one minute before I'm about to record, and she says, yeah, I could jump on. And we just had a three-hour and 15-minute conversation. This is why it's great when I don't speak to my friends for a while, because there's a whole lot to talk about. So we get into the United Nations agendas. We get into COVID. We get into vaccines. We get into technology. We talk about escaping the matrix and some of the plans that she's been working on. In her personal life, we talk about sort of the old days on Twitter back in 2015, 16, 17, and now what Twitter will look like under our saint, Elon Musk, the purveyor of free speech, a fantastic gentleman. We get into Peter Thiel. We talk about the technocratic king agenda. We talk about government contracting. We talk about brain chips. We talk about Elon Musk. We talk about virtual reality and augmented reality, retina scanning. We talk all about um, religion, misdirection, facial recognition. I mean, we get into pretty much everything in this discussion it was nice to be able to bounce a lot of the concepts the stories the white papers we've been covering over here uh over to a friend a friend who isn't as i would say woke as i am but she's pretty damn woke to the matrix folks and so the last few months she's kind of unplugged from all of social media and she's been working on a book that she wrote uh, several years ago and finally decided to unplug, stop paying attention to politics, stay away from this crazy world we live in, and get back to something she loves and enjoys, which is writing. So she finally got the first of, I guess it's a three-part series, but then it has other books that are going to come out of it. And it's all about uh, uh, an investigator. It's kind of based on her alter ego. The character's name is Kirsten Kelly, and it's the Kirsten Kelly Chronicles. And so this person is an investigator who is uncovering all of this injustice inside of the legal system. And it combines sci-fi with thriller, a little bit of fact, a little bit of fiction. And so we goof around a little bit and talk about the book at the end of the interview. But the first few hours, folks, are just jam-packed with so much information. And I forgot that Chrissy and I were co-producing the Douglas Ducote show at the time when COVID land, the high school theater production broke out and her mother lived not too far from the original ground zero. If you remember, it was a senior center, this original ground zero of COVID land, the high school theater production. So Chrissy went there and was actually doing a little snooping around while all that was going on because she never bought in to COVID. I don't think she ever wore a mask. She's not jabbed, doesn't have boosters, obviously, never got tested. And so we were talking a little bit about that, reminiscing about those days. So it's uh, really 
really great, folks. We talk about some Halloween stuff as well. I get into history of the uh, razor blades and the candy narrative that was out there. We tie that into the techno king fascist scheme taking place by Peter Thiel. So um, it's really a great interview. Now, Chrissy does live out in Washington State on the ocean in a small little cottage and a storm was rolling through perfect for halloween and so there are a few times when her connection is a bit spotty i'm not going to go in and edit all that out because we recover within a matter of seconds when that occurs sometimes she gets a little robotic sounding but uh it's not unbearable it's something that i think you could deal with i would hang in there because there's a lot of good nuggets I can't even remember the things I was talking about. I was kind of updating her on the stuff that we're doing here. And so, again, it's just a very in-depth conversation. As some of you may remember, I went on her show uh, not long ago, maybe a month or two ago, and I aired that here at the Dustin Gold Standard. And this time, she came over onto this show. So I really appreciate her doing that. I am working on trying to get Maria Albanese on as she's been doing additional research into the Peter Thiel and Steve Bannon stuff that I'm researching over here. It's just so much information to weed through. And this conversation with Chrissy really helped me with that because it was great to have someone to bounce these things off of. And I started to fill in some of the blanks here and trying to really understand what this technocracy movement is doing and how they're going to try to push that in to play here. Uh, as you know, my belief is that we are already living under a quasi-technocracy that's basically been implemented via the so-called private sector. And you'll see in the next episode, 77, I'm going to get into more of Curtis Yarvin, the Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the new right and the dark enlightenment. I found some really interesting stuff. And so they talk about basically poisoning the idea of government both on the right and left to force people into a situation where they no longer believe in their own world view and that will ripen them uh, for the taking and be able to then push them into this concept of this monarch in which uh, Curtis Yarvin is behind. And as I've talked about on here several times, I just want to sum this up because it's important. They are advocating for Donald Trump to run under this idea of a monarch, of being a monarch. And that what they want to do is essentially tear down the legislative branch, Congress, and the judicial branch, basically ending any illusion of representative government or uh, due process, and then abolish state and local governments, driving them uh, under federal command, and then take all the local police and force them under this centralized government run by a king, and then get rid of the academic institutions as well as the media. Now, it appeals to people because we, the last... Uh, two and a half years under COVID land, the high school theater production, and then under the entire Trump presidency 
had the veil lifted on corruption, sedition, treason, criminality, election fraud. And so we look at the whole entire system as being completely rotten. Uh, you know, which it is. I mean, we don't want to ignore that. And I'm a small government guy, so I'd like to eliminate 99% of the government. But I'm not going to be tricked into being led into uh, into a technocracy. And that seems to be what the solution is. So on the next episode, 77, I'm going to get into that because I'm trying to look at things through the eyes of someone on the left and what they've experienced over the last six years as opposed to looking through it uh, at it only through the lens of me coming from the right and what have I experienced and try to see how their worldview has been shattered as well. And then that will allow the boogeyman to come creeping in and offer a solution to all of this, which I think is the technocracy. So we get into that. Uh, Chrissy and I talk a little bit about this stuff. I mean, little mini wargaming sessions, but I think you're going to find it to be uh, fascinating. I mean, I did, and like I said, it really helped me start to think through some of the stuff that we've been talking about here. So hopefully I'll be able to get Maria Albanese on soon. She's co-host of the Thomas Payne Podcast on Fridays so that we could wargame this stuff. She has been studying Bannon and these grifter movements, and I really need her to come on and fill me in on that, which I think will allow us over here to try to paint a clearer picture of what it is that these guys are trying to do, folks. This is not an accident. We are living inside of a real-life Halloween thriller funhouse is basically how I see it at this point. And sadly, the bad guys are winning. Um, On November 4th, I'm going to have Jim from the Hotwire come on, and we're going to talk about central bank digital currency hopefully stakeholder capitalism and the bank for international settlements and jim is going to fill me in on what is happening on the financial side and how they're going to drive people into the central bank digital currency social score system using the bait of ubi universal basic income and many of you may know this but andrew yang who ran as a democrat um back in 2020 was pushing the idea of ubi on the left uh, basically saying that it would only be fair for the government to turn over universal basic income, basically a check for a 1000 to $2,000 a month to folks as they are being replaced by robots and artificial intelligence. And Andrew Yang was backed by none other than Elon Musk. So you would say, why would Musk want that information out there? And I don't think people realize that Musk was behind Andrew Yang. But universal basic income has been a tenet of technocracy for a very long time. So, folks, when we get back from this break, a three-hour interview with Chrissy Piccolo. Folks, hang in there. I'm telling you, it's fascinating. It's a fantastic Halloween special. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back from this break. Happy Halloween. This is Dust to Gold with the Dust to Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. It is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, I told you we would have a special guest for Halloween. We may have some more people dropping by. I was going to try to get someone to come on and do a whole interview as Vincent Price because he's my favorite Halloween actor, my favorite uh, scary movie actor, but I couldn't. So I got the real life Mickey Mouse, Chrissy Piccolo. How are you, Chrissy? <laughs> Good, how are you? <laughs> Definitely the real life uh, Minnie Mouse voice, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you? know I was going to say that, did you? No, I didn't, but that's hilarious. <laughs> Well, I was telling the audience before the break, I was going to have a friend of mine on, and I went on your show uh, about a month ago, and uh, so right. the audience knows, Chrissy and I met back in probably like 2015, I was doing a Donald Trump impression, yep. it was back when I had the comedy business, and I was kind of marketing myself, obviously, in the Trump sphere, and Chrissy reached out, and she had a podcast at the time with Douglas Ducote, and so she interviewed me, and then her and Maria Albanese, and then eventually Dan Golvach and Douglas Ducote, and everybody were, were friends, and Chrissy and I were co-producing Douglas Ducote's show for about a year. She had producing, been producing his show for like a year before that, and uh, so we've done a lot of stuff together, Chrissy. We've been through it all, as the audience knows here, I'm pretty much post politics at this point i'm worn out with cheering on trading card heroes and political parties and all this other nonsense and so i told people that you've been sort of stepped outside of the matrix the last several months and focused on your book that you've been writing which we're going to get into uh later but you used to be addicted to twitter i remember that were you not yes i remember that i was so addicted. I now I realize it, but you know, when you're in it, it's so exciting because, especially, you know, during the 2015 campaign with Trump and all that, you know, I mean, we were just, uh, just on Twitter having so much fun. It was actually fun back then because we weren't getting, uh, censored that much at that point, right? Because that came in what 2018, the big, the big purge, pretty much. 2017, 2018. So, but, but prior to that, it was getting really fun. And I, I mean, I had an account with almost 15,000 people following me and you were one of them. And, uh, that's how we met pretty much on Twitter. And, and we had so much fun. And then the, the hammer came down in 2018 and I lost, I've since lost four big, uh, Twitter accounts. So I guess I should wear it as an, uh, you know, arm of arm honor, I guess. But you know, yeah, a, ba a badge fine. of honor, or or you could wear a Nazi armband. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's Halloween. <laughs> no, I tell the audience all the time. I think I lost from 2015 until now. I think I had lost like six or seven accounts, and I had a couple accounts that organically I grew to uh, not huge yeah. but like one of them was 40 or 50,000. I mean it hurts when you first lose them because back then when you're in the oh. trenches and everyone was making yep. memes and videos, they actually had you convinced that you were saving the world through a meme or through a video. <laughs> and so when you lost it, it was like somebody cutting your arm off, you know. 
satisfaction. Oh, well, you know, I mean, I was devastated when mine were uh, my my first my first couple were just I mean, I was devastated. I was so depressed. I was like so upset. And to think that this social media thing was completely I mean, I was on there 24. I mean, so much. It's insane now that I think about it. And so, you know, I always say things happen for a reason and I'm kind of grateful now that it happened because, you know, but yeah, you, especially in the, I, I want to say it was the summer of 2017. Uh, wasn't it the summer of like those video memes people were doing all over the place? So that was a blast. So, and everybody's on Twitter. That, that's the thing. And so, you know, it was just devastating. And then the latest one I lost was in February. Uh, it was just my TV one that I used to watch TV with people. I had it for nine years, I think. And I and they un- I was unceremoniously uh, permanently suspended because I <laughs> was tweeting out the uh, trucker Ottawa trucker uh, stuff. I was I was just tweeting out their videos. It wasn't doing anything other than that. Anyway, enough. So that was it for that. So now I. And I did another one, Real World Chrissy. That one's gone already within like three days. That one was gone. So now I'm like done. I'm not even going to try getting it on, getting back on again. It's, it's, it's not even worth it. I mean, oh, but Chrissy, but Chrissy, come on. St. Elon, St. <laughs> Elon took over Twitter. And so he is out to save not only free speech, Chrissy, but he is out to save humanity. And he wants to do this. He's going to save humanity from artificial intelligence by allowing you to let him drill a hole in the back of your head into your skull and cut the lining open to your brain and then implant a thousand wires with 1024 electrodes on each oh, one like a, like an octopus tentacles down into your right. brain and then he's going to plug the hole don't worry the hole won't be open it's not like a jack-o-lantern you know the hole will be closed <laughs> with a fitbit size bluetooth enabled chip now me, mind you this is not new technology you don't have to worry about this, this isn't like an untested vaccine because the the government has been working right. on this going back all the way to the 1970s and they actually implanted one in a human in the early 2000s elon is just the pr guy who sells it he's like mike lindell the pillow guy and right. so don't worry the stuff is tested and this is how he is going to save you from artificial intelligence by allowing you to merge with artificial intelligence and the cool part now and i wasn't sure about this before but you remember when the iphone started coming out with apps already installed like the twitter app back like eight ten years ago so you didn't yeah. have to go install it well now that elon yeah. owns twitter the chip the microchip the Neuralink brain chip will come enabled with twitter already so the cool part is you just plug this into your head and you could be tweeting at warp speed to your fans in both the political world and tv land actually you know what it's gonna do it's just gonna you don't even have to tweet anything you just have to think it yes it's gonna be uh automatically i mean these people i am sorry (laughs) darling and all that I mean, come on. People, I, I've got friends, okay? And they, 
they believe in Elon so much. And I'm like, listen, he's played both sides of the fence. The guy is a socialist. He's not, re- he said he's a socialist. He goes on, did you ever see his, uh, there was a Joe Rogan, he did an interview with him like a couple of years ago, and he, he claims he's an alien. I'm like, well, yeah, you'd have to be to have these batshit crazy ideas. I'm sorry. I just don't understand how anybody can be that brainwashed to be wanting to merge with this crazy AI stuff. I mean, they want a hive mind uh, population. That's what they, because see, then they can send you how you feel. They can send you how you think what you think you, there's no critical thinking goes out the window all sovereign as a sovereign being you're not that anymore well plus if you've got the vaccine you're probably not uh human anyway right because it changes your dna so yeah i mean this was <laughs> this is just insane I, I i don't understand how these people are walking around and allowed to use their money for this kind of crap it's 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 crazy i mean you talk about the matrix hello it is the matrix they told us it was gonna happen look at it in 1999 i mean everything that comes out in the movies and in tv they've already created it i mean it's so easy to see through the bullshit i i don't know i'm just at a loss at this point <laughs> no it is crazy crazier. I mean, I, I mean, on the dust and gold standard here, I spent several episodes on Elon Musk and Neuralink, and then I've been looping him back into recent shows as stuff comes up. But we did an analysis over several shows of both his 2018 and his 2020 interview with Joe Rogan. Now, he's since gone on there again, I think in 2021, which we haven't covered yet. But yeah, a, a lot of it is truth in uh in jest so they sit there and they they like Mm -hmm. make these little jokes about stuff but in reality that's how Mm -hmm. they're telling you the truth like obama used to do that too he would go up there at the uh press events or at what was it the al smith dinner where they tell jokes or the white house correspondence Mm -hmm. dinner and he would get up there and go yeah i'm an illegal i'm an illegal alien uh i have a birth certificate from uh africa you know and you'd be like okay yeah he's telling you the truth (laughs) but making it sound like a joke and so Musk does the same thing. And on those Rogan interviews, you know, he goes on there, he drinks a glass of whiskey with Rogan, he smokes a joint, yeah. and then he's supposed to be cool. And then Rogan's job, I keep telling everyone, you know, one of the biggest, most dangerous propagandists of our time, Rogan's job is to normalize this stuff and de- desensitize yeah. people to it. He, he's like one of the biggest pushers right. of the uh, psychedelic movement that's coming right now. And, and Peter Thiel, who's mm-hmm. behind Elon Musk, is backing the psychedelics. And that's all coming out of the government. This isn't the type of psychedelic psychedelic mushrooms you're picking off deer turds in your backyard these are actually lab grown and designed by the government i mean it's they're they're already i spent several shows on it chrissy where they are uh testing all this stuff on veterans in the vas and they're putting psychedelics into their bodies and then strapping vr headsets on them and taking them into these metaverse recreations of where they develop their ptsd it's basically all mk ultra mind control stuff that never ended 